welcome to the Magical Holistic Healing Arts Podcast, where you learn how to raise your vibe, explore your magic, and embody your authentic power. I'm Lynn Hicks. I'm Erica Hicks. And we're the mother-daughter duo, inspiring transformation through holistic lifestyle and conscious living. We bring water to the conversation because no one else is. We know hydrogen-rich water is the key to longevity and vitality. Life's about flowing, so this is the easiest way to upgrade your health and mindset. High Vibe Water. Join our revolution and new paradigm biz at the Magical Holistic Healing Arts Podcast.wordpress.com. Cheers. Hydrate your life with us. On today's episode, we had Kelly Brichta, and she shared so much with us about our cycle and fertility. Um, uh, non-contraceptive ways to follow your cycle as birth control, just all kinds of really great things for women and women of your age, I think. Yeah, she's doing some incredible stuff, teaching women about their bodies and making it normal. We had like a weird conversation (laughs) in this episode, wait till the end. And the whole point is like, we don't talk about this stuff, like mucus and yeah, menstruation and different things like that. And so She's really opening up this world to women and people that want to understand it because she also works with couples, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I think it's a really important key to women's health that we do identify with our cycle and we understand it. We know when it's on and off and that health really can be seen through the cycle which I I think she really hit home to, so. Yeah, so grab your earbuds, take a listen, and learn about the women's cycle with Kelly. Today we welcome Kelly Brichta, who is a fertility awareness educator, and I'm gonna let her take it away. And Kelly, what is your magical art? Thank you. Uh, So what it means when 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 I say I'm a fertility awareness educator, is that I teach people how to track their menstrual cycles. So whether that is to optimize for conception or as a form of birth control, or just to track overall health through the cycle and looking at cycle parameters um, and kind of go basing that off that kind of work on stress management or sort of the holistic picture of, of what, you know, your health and what you can address and look at. Wow, that's a lot there. I like it because I think, you know, as women, at least from my generation, our cycles were like, oh, I can run a marathon while I have my period and no one will know. And um, we kind of got really disconnected from the rhythm that that is. And as I've gotten older and been educated, um, I would learn like there would be two power weeks and then two weeks of, you know, chill out. And so like, as I followed my cycle, I started to learn that I just had a different rhythm than 24 seven. So I'm really glad you're expanding that awareness of our bodies as women. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, I think what I've learned and what I tell clients a lot is that it just depends on your body and your rhythm like everyone's very unique. So yeah, like, you know, if there's two weeks that, you know, you want to, you know, train for a marathon that you feel more energized than the other, you know, the other parts of the cycle, go for it. Um, And I think part of my work too, is sort of normalizing that even though, you know, menstrual pain or, you know, these other PMS symptoms are common, it doesn't mean that they are normal. So 
Um, you know, and everyone's different again, because some people, you know, use PMS symptoms as like a tell of like, oh, my period's coming. And it's not like that annoying. It's just like, oh, my breasts, you know, are getting tender or whatnot. But there's a lot of signs that you can sort of tune into. And so I should clarify too, the methods that I teach are based on biomarkers. So we're not just tracking the period and the number of days. We're also um, following the body's um, rhythm based on actual biomarkers. So primarily that cervical mucus and basal body temperature. And then I also teach a method where you can track LH testing, which is um, uh, a hormone that sort of surges before ovulation. So you can, if you've heard of ovulation predictor kits, a lot of people will use that to um, time pregnant or time conception um, to get pregnant that way. Uh, but you can also use it for the reverse um, birth control. So. So that's how you help people is and, and I think it's great too because you get so connected to your body right like the mucus coming out of you like that's something that women have been so afraid of or like I've gotten to the point where with my cycle I don't use any tampons or anything anymore it's a lot lighter but like I get excited to see it kind of like out of my body I don't know it's you can just like it's like a connection to your inner world I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> totally I mean I think there's still a myth out there too that, um, you know, we have 28 day cycles and, and they're really predictable, but um, cycles can vary, you know, cycle to cycle. And like I've mentioned, you know, person to person. So um, again, looking at the parameters and then if you're, you know, tracking more than just your period, you can um, really learn a lot more about the your sort of monthly rhythm, right? Yeah, I think it's good to learn about our rhythm. I mean, it just seems like, why haven't we? Because it is natural for all of us women. And, you know, there was a move, like, I think even like the not breastfeeding and all that to just really disconnect. So I'm, I'm excited that the youthful generation is taking more concern on this. And even with, do you find there's more fertility or I guess you're just seeing people that might need that support. Does it seem like it's more of a problem these days or? Fertility in general? Um, yeah, I, I know in general, uh, there is evidence, you know, for everyone that fertility, you know, has changed and, and gone down in ways. Um, clinically, uh, I have, I have, you know, I've been teaching maybe five years about. And so my mentors have mentioned that like cycles have changed over the years based on, you know, been teaching years, you know, uh, years of experience. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm super grateful for learning from them because, you know, uh, now we can tra track the cycle to sort of identify those issues, right, that may be more common these days. Yeah, because it's a big discussion. I mean, there's a lot of people my age that don't want to have kids, rather, whether it's fertility reasons or world-ending reasons <laughs> or the future. And I, to me, I just think it's so silly to um even consider not to like reproduce and to continue your lineage and your you know your your mindset and all these different things into the world um so yeah it is really interesting that people are taking a back seat um in all of this too at the same time yeah mm -hmm. well there's always trends and stuff and it is a little bit of a hairy carry world these days um now do you just help women. I mean, I guess your main mission is to help women kind of connect with their body. Like your age, you don't use birth control. Um, you know, can you go into some of that and how that works sure. for people? So 
Yeah, I would, I would even expand my clientele. So I work with women, other menstruators, because not, you know, not only uh, women menstruate uh, and couples um, and partners together, uh, especially, you know, when you're trying to conceive or trying to avoid pregnancy, it's more than one person involved. So even though one person is doing the, you know, most of the tracking uh, for the, these methods, um, it does take two people to like really use it effectively. So um, part of my training is also working with couples and, you know, figuring out uh, sort of what's the best approach for them and how they want to use and, and feel confident in the method. So um, someone like you now, how, you know, you just wanting to track to maybe not get pregnant. You yeah. support in that as well. Like, well, that? isn't it, I mean, it isn't it like a, uh, a myth that we can get pregnant any day of the month? Isn't that it's only Perfect. during yeah. like our all of the ovulation? Isn't that, is that true? Still a myth out there, unfortunately, that because I think it comes from, you know, like, you know, sex education, I think in general, where we're like, you know, very fearful of getting pregnant and um, when you don't want to be right. Um, but yeah, I think where's like going with that. So, you know, you, you can't get pregnant every day. There's also a myth that you can't get pregnant on your period, but that's false. You, you could, depending on your cycle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cyclical. Men are, you know, and, and people with testes are fertile every day. Um, and so, you know, people with uteruses are different in that way, or sorry, ovaries, because um, the hormonal fluctuations and, you know, the trigger ovulation. Um, so that's what these parameters are, or biomarkers are tracking. So um, these un the underlying hormones, the primary ones are estrogen and progesterone, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, and a lot of that, of those hormones drive these biomarkers that we're tracking. So cervical mucus and, and the um, sort of fertile window as it, it, as it approaches ovulation and temperature sort of helps confirm estimated ovulation. Um, so we're looking at all these biomarkers, biomarkers to estimate ovulation and, and track fertility. Um, but it, yeah, it depends on sort of someone's where they are in, in their reproductive life, right? So I, I do work with a lot of people coming off birth control. So when you're on birth control, ovulation is often suppressed. Um, so we track the return of fertility. And similarly, people postpartum um, when uh, fertility is returning, there is a, so fertility awareness methods, I like to sort of frame it as there's uh, this umbrella term. So fertility awareness-based methods is this umbrella term. And then under that, there's, depending who you ask, maybe six or seven categories um, and then um, within those categories, there's just different organizations that, that teach it. Um, and so those categories are symptothermal, which I mentioned that I teach. So uh, that's BBT, basal body temperature, and cervical mucus. Then there's only, you could only track cervical mucus if you wanted. You could only track BBT if you wanted, and there's certain rules with those. Um, Symptohormonal, like I mentioned, so cervical mucus and um, LH testing. Mm -hmm. And then lactational amenorrhea method. So that's coming off birth control. There are the LAM method is, or sorry, not birth control, sorry, postpartum. Um, breastfeeding is a form of birth control. Um, it, it suppresses ovulation. So you can't get pregnant um, when while breastfeeding, but there's certain ways of breastfeeding that you know could impact the return of fertility. So someone could track the return of their fertility using the same sort of tracking method to sort of figure out what the signs are of when they might get their period back postpartum. 
So there's a lot of applications <laughs> of like this knowledge, right? It just depends on where you are in life, what you want to learn, what your goals are. Most people obviously more on birth control and, and is there like a lead time with that? Or it's just a matter of, it's all individual, I'm sure. Like, oh, two years, and then you, you know, after you come off birth control, or is there, You're like finally, a, like, normal after two years? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I, like, like, how So, like, that? the return of, of fertility after yeah. using hormonal contraception? Yeah. Um, so, the return of, of fertility after using hormonal contraception? Yeah. Um, so, it often depends on the type of hormonal contraception and how long you've been on it. Um, and from there, yeah, it's individual for sure, because what can happen is um, maybe, and often you can, and you never really know coming off like what your cycles are going to look like. Um, generally, a good indicator is what your cycles were before coming going on birth control is how they might look after. Um, but there are so many things that can happen, but like during that time, right, um, where your health might have changed. So that's when it comes back back to health. Um, and, and tracking your cycle and, and its relation to health. So, you know, if someone has regular cycles, they go on birth control, maybe they go to college, but college is like really stressful for them. And um, they're on birth control for say like four years during college and then they come off um, and, and their period doesn't come back. Um, so, so like right away, right? Um, but again, it just depends like on the health status of the individual. Well, and I want to touch on like cycle and your health. I guess I've heard people, you know, cause like there's certain times when you crave sugar or crave salt during your cycle. I mean, this is just what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but is that like how you would help people, I guess, is like the cravings that you have and the certain times of your cycle and with the biomarkers? So it's definitely something you could track to see if it's a cyclical symptom. Um, often that's like what we recommend is, because, you know, it, it, there's so many things that impact um, sort of appetite in general, right? Um, but yeah, if it's something that you feel like is, okay, this, I always get these cravings like a week before my period. Um, I wonder why, or like, or like, let's confirm that first to see if it really is. Because, you know, our memory isn't always the best with these little things, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's so many things you can track to sort of confirm if it's a cyclical symptom or not and then from there sort of start to address or look at the big picture and um yeah and see what to do about it well I really like that you know it's just it's another way to tap into yourself you know in your body because everyone's trying to look this way and do that and all these different things and we really have like lost the individual you know even your body shape there's only so many ways that's going to go with a certain body shape i'm sure it goes through all of the health things and just finding ways to like really appreciate our cycle totally mm -hmm. yeah because yeah, it's our power in a way as women i'd say yeah and i i just i think we've come you know my generation we were like pretending we didn't have it and um I think, you know, now it's like, how can we go forward as women and not use this as part of understanding ourselves and our physical energy? I mean, there's different energy that you have. There's, like you were saying, cravings. I remember I used to eat so much. And then when I get my period, I'd be like, oh my God, that's right. So it was, you know, what I knew, but I didn't know because I wasn't tracking and paying attention. 
So do you feel like youthful generation does this more or you have a different point of view toward the cycle? Certainly do, but I've been biased. <laughs> um, I've been in it for a few years now. So I, yeah, I relate to my cycle. And like you said, it's definitely a power that, you know, is unique to people that menstruate because like you can learn so much about yourself. Um, I think one of the most, some of the power th powerful things I've seen clients do is like make huge changes in their life based on what they, you know, learn about like from tracking whether it's, you know, changing a job or starting a business or like reevaluating a relationship or, um, you know, seeing partners like be super supportive of this method um, when it's something that's not very common. <laughs> um, and, and definitely, you know, can easily be very skeptical of, of this um, unless you like dig deep into it. So um, yeah, there's so much power to it, <laughs> for sure. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know what I mean? That you've helped do all these other things for women just by them being more tied into their cycle. Like, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It is, that is. So, Kelly, how did you get on this mission, I guess? You just wanted to understand your body more and your cycle? That's how it started, yeah. Um, I, you know, when I was first looking for a method of birth control, uh, I decided on the pill. I was on it for a year um, and experienced a lot of the, the you know, effects of the pill that a lot of people experience. And primarily, um, I felt more susceptible towards depressive states. And so coming off of it for me, I was only on it for a year, but it was like, it was, it was a very obvious change for me. And so coming off of it was like a step towards addressing mental health. Um, and then I knew this, like, you know, what am I going to do now for birth control uh, was the next question. And I had read about these methods prior, like when I was first deciding what I was going to do about birth control. And then, but I, I didn't know enough about it. didn't think it worked, <laughs> honestly. Um, and then uh, came back to it, decided like, you know, I'd researched a little bit more. I was like, okay, there's definitely more to learn here. Um, I found a workshop, um, followed up with an educator. Like I had started charting on my own, followed up with an educator, realized I was doing it wrong. <laughs> um learned even more um and then as I was learning all my friends like I was probably talking about it with them kind of getting excited about it when I was learning and and they would ask me questions and I just I realized I wanted to be able to answer their questions like in an accurate way um and that's when I decided to look into training programs so uh that's sort of what started it and what was interesting actually is since then and like while I was training um it's a two-year program um, but I, I kind of uh, did it over, I think, three or four years uh, since I was working full time on the side or um, this was sort of on the side. Um, I, I learned that my mom, well, my mom and dad had infertility issues um, when they uh, were trying to you know, create a family with me and my sister. Um, and I learned that she actually tracked her, her basal body temperature as part of um, their journey. So. I've since learned like there's some like really small world connections um, and I feel very close to this work now. Um, and yeah, I, I and you know, working with clients is always inspiring as well. So that keeps me going. <laughs> hey, listeners, did you know that we sell Kangen water ionizers? We consider it the number one sustainability tool because not only do we get to drink the best 
hydrogen-rich antioxidant water, we also get to detox our home from all the chemicals and cleaners, get to use some of the seven kinds of water for different health ails, and we save the earth of plastic and toxins. Yes, and who doesn't want to help this earth back to homeostasis, just like our bodies? Researchers show now that hydrogen is the number one antioxidant you can add to your life. So what easier way than just changing the type of water you're drinking for you and your family? This water is microclustered, so it can actually hydrate you at a cellular level, helping your longevity, your immunity, and your vitality. So if you want to help us spread the awareness of Kangen water ionizers, and purchase one today, check the links below and join our team and help us spread the word about healing water. All right, let's get back to the magic. Well, it just seems so easy. Like, I mean, like you just track the temperature of your body <laughs> to find out when you want to have a kid, like instead of making it so complicated and going to the doctor and getting these tests and exams and blah, blah, whatever. I mean, yeah, maybe it might get to that point eventually, but like the first step can be as easy as temperature i don't know that just seems funny <laughs> yeah temperature and even just like if you had to pick one i would say cervical mucus only because it it's really tied to like the estimated time of ovulation um but yeah no you're totally <laughs> totally right it's one of the best things you can do for preconception planning is to track a few cycles see where you know the status of the cycles are and kind of go from there so um yeah a lot to learn <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, it seems simple. And I'm sure it's the method that was used long before birth control for many times. And women were very clued in. And then we just, I guess, lost this knowledge or the ease of new advancements made it, um, you know, but even there's people who don't take their birth control pills at the right time or mess up with it and then they can end up pregnant anyway so it's not really even working what i've what i found um is that a lot of people decide on a birth, a birth control method for various reasons effectiveness is sort of the go-to right because everyone wants an effective method of birth control um but there's other reasons too right and so one of the like you know some of the advantages of tracking are there's no side effects it's empowering knowledge, um, you know, and it can, it's, it's pretty competitive as far as effectiveness goes um, with uh, so the, some of the top methods. Obviously, you can't really beat an IUD, like that's, like, it's there, it's very effective. There's not even a typical use because there's no behavioral component. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of um, factors when it comes to choosing a method of birth control. And um, I think the people that are drawn to to fertility awareness are, you know, people that really are kind of curious about their bodies. Um, often it attracts people who like love information and then tracking and um, kind of learning about their bodies. Like, you know, these days we have all these apps with the, about health, right? So you get a lot of people who like have those like Apple watches, like really liking to geek out on, on the fertility awareness stuff as well. Um, but really like one of my goals is working with like meeting people where they're at with a method um, and specifically fertility awareness method um, because there's, like I mentioned, this umbrella of, of methods. Um, my goal is to meet someone where they're at. So if a symptothermal method isn't right for them, maybe a hormonal one is, um, and that could even change over you know, their lifetime. So um, there are more simplified methods as well. Um, 
that are mucus only or you know temperature only or, or with an app where there's an algorithm with temperature. Um, so there's a lot of uh, avenues to sort of get into it and get curious and that's always the best place to start. So how long would someone like track their cycle to like really understand it I guess until you feel good or like do you still track your cycle every month and things or? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes I do. Um, so it depends on what the goals are. Um, if you know you're just curious I would recommend just start like find a book like there's a couple books that I would I usually recommend to start with um, and then you know just kind of experimenting on your own is always a good place to start if, especially if you're already cycling um, but yeah it just it depends on the person and, and what their goals are so if you're using it for birth control um, you kind of have to take it a little bit more seriously right because the rules are you know it seems like oh we can just track this and that but they're they're there is a lot of nuance to it. Um, and so some, so I, I offer two programs, um, just the justice method that I like primarily teach right now, um, recommends working with someone the first year of tracking to like really understand it. Um, but I offer a shorter program for people who just want to, you know, start, um, learn about their cycle and, um, it's usually enough to sort of relay the rules of a method but it's not always enough time to sort of really gain confidence in using the method um, because we only get like maybe three or four cycles and it can be a lot to, you know, initially to learn a lot about your cycle. Um, but for long-term use, um, at least a year is like the first year you learned so much, <laughs> I would say. Um, so if you're like, really serious about it, definitely like think long-term. Um, but even, even now, like or when I was first learning, I think, like two years and I was still learning things that, you know, just because of like different things in life were happening, you know? So, you know, it just depends what's happening in your life too, like what you're learning of what really impacts your cycle or not. So it's not a continuous journey. And I'm sure if I ever have kids, I'll learn even more. <laughs> yes. So. yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Now, do you um, ever consider like people's food and what they ingest and, you know, obviously that mental stress and all of those, but, you know, are there other pieces that you go into with just lifestyle, you know, once you've learned the tracking and... Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the initial, uh, like work that I do with people focuses on the method and teaching the method. Um, cause that, those are pretty, you know, uh, like this is how you do it type of thing. Um, and when it comes to holistic health, that's where, um, yeah, sometimes diet comes into play or stress management often. Um, and that's where, you know, once we've tracked a little bit, we can look at the cycle and and see what the parameters are and so if there's maybe something you know you might want to like you might be concerned about whether it's abnormal bleeding or um, a short luteal phase or you know these these other things that you can like kind of look at the cycle and 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 see um then yeah we start to look at like uh, just these uses the the sort of analogy of a, a like it would, it would, the last straw on the camel's back um, where, you know, we all have, we have these stressors, whether they're conscious or not, um, and so sort of identifying what to pick at first and, and sort of address um, is sort of the starting point, because diet, I will say, is like one of the best things you can start with, 
Um, but often it's not the like most present for somebody. Um, so if they're like, you know, have a mental stress because of a new job or something, like obviously let's focus on that, you know? Yes. I mean, for me, it's like, uh, one of my biomarkers, I definitely get like in a mood or something and I feel a little more combative and <laughs> I just want to like, and not, anything anyone says isn't good enough or I just like want to argue and so that's definitely one of mine I would say is like as a marker that my cycle is beginning soon and um so I don't track it like on a piece of paper but I've definitely done a lot of research and my mom has taught me a lot and we've gone to different goddess circles and um known that you know we're also supposed to be kind of linked to the moon and the moon is very powerful for us women and um and, you know, I use an app too. Like I track my period at least. So whenever I have that, it's in there and it kind of tells me when I'm ovulating or whatever. Um, and I can tell too, like, but it, it definitely took a while to also feel that I've been off birth control. I had an IUD, I think for like four years now. Um, but I've, yeah, before that it was like, since I was 18, I had birth control. So it takes, I think, it, like you said, it takes time for everything to kind of come back into normal. But I think now I'm 30, I definitely can understand that type, like what's happening um, at the certain phases, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's. Well, and that, like you said, like an app, I think an app's a great way to start if you want to do this. Cause you yeah, can what use, app do you use? I'm curious. Um, what is it called? Glow? It's called Glow. Okay. Um, it's a little, I was using a different one for a while, but it didn't tell me when I was ovulating. It just tracked my cycle. So this one says that, and it's kind of terrible app though. There's like all these ads and stuff on it, but I just use it for like the one thing you can use it for. And so much, you know, it has like, um, you know, acne or headaches and you can track every day if you want it. I just yeah. haven't done that, but I'm a piece of it, but. Well, it's just Good. a new, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, sh it's a shame that we don't learn this in the beginning. First, the power of the cycle and then the ability to track because whatever cho choice you make in birth control or not or whatever, it's good to know yourself mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. your cycle as important and effective and affecting you on a daily, monthly basis. I mean, are there, do you have phases that you go over with people or? What do you mean? Like phases of your cycle, you know, oh. like week one, I don't know, you know. Or... <laughs> yeah, I guess, let us, what are like the, yeah, I think that there are like four cycles, like you said, luteal or something is one of them, ovulation, mm -hmm. menstruation, I guess that would be nice for us to kind of like sure. learn that. <laughs> yeah, different teaching methods do it, like kind of describe it differently. Um, I'll go, I'll sort of describe just these, um, like the way, the way I learned in just So if you split the cycle, um, if you, you know, picture like a line going down the middle of your cycle, um, assuming, you know, it's a 28 day cycle, we'll, we'll go with the 28 day cycle just for like, you know, imagining it. Um, so this, this line sort of represents ovulation. It separates the cycle into two phases. So the follicular phase is the pre-ovulatory phase, and the post-ovulatory phase is the luteal phase. And you can even just say pre-ovulatory or post-ovulatory if you'd like. Um, and so kind of picturing it as two phases, um, one's leading up to ovulation and one's um, after ovulation. 
but then there's you know this other way of, of kind of framing it like you were saying kind of splitting up between like menstruation and then um like an ovulatory phase and then this like follicular luteal phase as well so there's different ways to like think about it but um the order of things generally starts with menstruation because that's what people are most familiar with right um so we see the uh, regular bleeding and then uh, sometimes there's what we call like dry days um, following uh, menstruation um, before you start to see mucus. Um, sometimes there it just goes straight into mucus. It just depends on the length uh, of the cycle and what's happening under underlying the sort of biomarkers that we're observing. Um, so you might have dry days. It might go into mucus if you know. Regardless, the mucus phase starts. Um, some people call this ovulatory phase. Um, we kind of see it more as like part of the follicular phase because it's all leading up to ovulation. Mm -hmm. um, so the mucus starts to change. Um, it's often will start out as what we call non-peak mucus. Um, so non-peak mucus has certain characteristics. Excuse me. And then peak type mucus has certain characteristics. Um, and so you could observe both of those um, kind of leading, leading up to ovulation. And then we identify what we call a peak day, which is the last day that you see peak tet mucus, and that's associated with ovulation. Um, and then you see a temp, well, the temp rise happens around ovulation. Um, and so that sort of signifies the start of the luteal phase. Um, and that's when uh, the, so yeah, <laughs> it's hard to like not just go into all of the all of the, the um, details and the sort of underlying science behind it. But um, so during this time, like after ovulation, right, the egg is released. And so if it's not fertilized, um, the follicle that um, was holding the egg prior to it being um, released turns into this like temporary gland called the corpus luteum. And that's what's producing the hormones to increase um, progesterone. And that's impacting your temp. So your temp is increasing after ovulation. Um, and that's your luteal phase. And that's also those like two weeks that a lot of people will experience PMS symptoms if, if they do. Um, and then if fertilization does not occur, these hormones, um, that has like a set lifespan. So if fertilization doesn't occur, the hormones drop and then your um, period occurs again. So your new cycle. Um, so you can see, yeah, again, like, like these phases can be seen in different ways and it just depends on how like you understand it. And when I work with people, I, I have a few like interactive activities that I like to do to sort of see, start with what they know and then we kind of fill in the gaps because everyone sort of understands things differently. And um, yeah, it's just good to meet people where they're at to see, uh, to like help their own learning and, and support their own learning process. No, I think that's good because you know what, when I think of it, I don't even know when we learned any of that. Like, did you learn that in school? <laughs> Was it part of like the follicular phase and stuff? Yeah, I guess we kind of might have been. Yeah, I was like in fourth grade, I think. <laughs> we didn't really talk about it again, I don't think, until maybe high school, but I don't even know. I don't even no, know. I don't remember much of it in high school either, but I just learned the phases in a very interesting way that I never had heard them. Yeah. So, like a basic sort of maybe even like a high school biology book might have like progesterone and estrogen, even LH and FSH, which are the hormones, you know, also underlying the cycle. Um, 
I mean, there's even more to it, but it depends how deep you want to get. Um, but you'll see like this hormone graph sometimes in those books. And then you'll see um, like the actual, like what's happening in the ovary. Um, and even sometimes I have seen basal body temperature represented in these like biology books, but cervical mucus is always missing <laughs> generally. Sometimes it's mentioned in the text, but it's not like visually represented. And that's like the most important thing for fertility awareness, honestly. So it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's like interesting. Yeah, I guess they don't want to talk about it. You mentioned that because uh, you'll also hear cervical mucus referred to as cervical fluid. And that is a result of people not being feeling comfortable with the word cervical mucus is my understanding. So I, I find that really interesting. So I um, one of my mentors is really like has a strong opinion about saying cervical mucus because that's what it is. It's mucus form of mucus. So, um, yeah, it's it's funny that yeah we don't like to talk about these things because it's like not everyone feels comfortable. And, you know, you want to share the information, but, you know, make sure people feel comfortable with the same. I mean, it's not like fluid, like fluids, like not like fluid and mucus are completely different. different yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even, they should have came up with it. And I think it's part of our disconnect from our body. Cause like, it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just happening. It's what actually your body does. But I think we have like, oh, it's dirty or that's creepy or, you know, we just are very disconnected. So um, but when I think about it, I remember all of that and, and that was really part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a really strange question. <laughs> I was watching this guy on Instagram and he, he's, he calls himself the plasma king and he ingests his own semen, his own plasma. And I, and I think he was talking about women doing the same. And I've kind of heard that before. I've heard like, it's really good to put your menstrual on your face as like a, um, you know, it has those properties from our body like to heal and to like make us better so i don't know if you've heard of that or if there's been health benefits or what your mentors say <laughs> this is the first time i've heard of this actually <laughs> i'm probably going to look this up now <laughs> but no i wish i wish i could speak to that but i cannot <laughs> no i think it's kind of like people who do the urine therapy as well I guess because they say when your fluids like you know it's from your body and it'll help balance I, we don't know enough about and yeah we things. don't can't really we're just i'm just throwing it out there because i did come across my path the other day and i was really intrigued by what this guy was saying and um you know he's fit and healthy and you know you know very holistic and um so yeah i will say there's so many other things that you could do that you know are you could see results like pretty quickly as far as like what I'm thinking I guess is the cycle um like the health of the cycle um but uh yeah I, I'm not I can't speak to, <laughs> speak to that exactly I think a lot of that too is just our discomfort with our body or yeah not going to the bathroom fart you know <laughs> weird sounds yeah, very normal processes yeah 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 and we we're like weird about it burping you know just all of it we act like oh and there is an etiquette and I get that but at the same time to have an awareness well I will say I break that wall down pretty quickly with clients because <laughs> we are literally talking about how to wipe you know yeah. do the observational routine so you know we get into the details and it, you know there's always this like sometimes awkward like oh 
you know, we're talking about wiping in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. But uh, it's important because, you know, you want to do it effectively. So yeah. And that's yeah. how you can look for those things. So yeah, I, I think it's really great what you're doing and that you're actually offering, um, you know, this connection to this physical body that sometimes we forget. And I feel like now is a time where we're really learning how food, you know, we're into the water business, how water works, um, how your cycle works. And any of this information is only going to help us understand how to be healthy. Yeah. It can't just yeah. be like, oh, I'm healthy. And then when I'm not, I go and someone gives me something and it's over. Um, it's much more of a process. And there's many parts of us that are involved, like in, I, especially I'm sure if infertility and stress and adrenal cortisol is going to create some kind of issues for people because it does in regular things we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Kelly, where can people find you if they want to, you know, learn some more? I currently really just have a website. I like have all the handles for all the social media as well, but I, I'm not active yet. Um, so they can find me online at www.embodiedcycles.com and uh, just reach out via email. And um, I offer free uh, initial consults to see if it's a good fit or you know, where to learn more about you and see um, if they, you just wanna learn more what, about what it looks like to work with me. Um, and yeah, let's, let's start there and- Right on. And so, yeah, we're at the top of the episode, Kelly. So what, do you wanna leave our listeners with any last nuggets before we close? Ooh. Um, I would just say, like, if you're curious about your cycle, there's so many ways to start and just follow your curiosity. Um, there's so many apps now out there. There's a, like some great book resources um, that you can find. Um, and I'm happy to provide if anyone's curious, but um, I, I always like to start with like your curiosity and, and go from there. So amazing. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you both. <laughs> episode isn't quite over yet, listeners. Or YouTubers. If you haven't given us a like, subscribed, left us a review, or commented on any platform, we would really appreciate you showing us some love here at the Magical Holistic Healing Arts. Remember, keg and water and our grab bag for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and stay vibrant out there. Oh,